डिस्पोजेबल कल्चर इन द होम गुड्स इंडस्ट्री लेट्स Welcome to a circular revolution presented by Indian Youth Climate Network a podcast that explores the innovative world of circular economy startups this podcast is supported by European Union Resource Efficiency Initiative and UNICEF India I'm your host Ankita Bhava in candid conversations with inspiring founders who are changing the game and making our future more sustainable. So, buckle up and get ready to join the loop as we dive deep into the world of circular economy. On today's episode, we've got Ismat Iman who got so tired of seeing usable items go to waste during her time at the university that she co-founded Kipple in 2018. Kipple is an innovative company that creates shareable sustainable starter kits for students. But Kipple is more than just a rental service for pots and pans. It's a movement to inspire wider industry change and reduce waste. After we are through with this conversation I have no doubt that her insights and her passionate commitment to a circular approach to consumption will inspire a paradigm shift in the way we all view waste and sustainability so without any further ado let's welcome Ismat to the show hi ismat how are you hi ankita thanks uh, thanks for having me here really excited um to talk to everyone in your audience thanks great to have you on the show uh, i understand that you are currently in the uk correct yeah i'm based in the uk and kipple was also set up in the uk kipple happened while you were pursuing your msc so my first question is how did you manage to start such a successful venture while the rest of us were just struggling to make <laughs> it through our coursework and deadlines so what's the story behind it that's a really good question and honestly it was a huge 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 effort <laughs> i won't lie um the story behind kipple is that basically my business partner and i we became friends during our masters as you said i have an msc in environmental impact assessment actually um and towards the end of our masters so just you know during our thesis time while we were writing our theses we were walking around campus and we saw these like mountains of waste that students had left behind was after they'd left you know graduated and gone home mm-hmm. and it was just really disturbing because usme se jitni bhi like aadhi jo cheezein thi they were still like absolutely fine you know they were still completely usable and like people they were looking at us funny because we were like going dumpster diving you know we were ek ek cheez ko utha ke dekh rahe the ki wo kis halat mein hai and it was really shocking and then we we realized ki just 20 days after some of these students had left new students would come and buy everything from scratch and all of this stuff that we were seeing would be thrown away and that just made us really angry and so honestly it was just that anger that fueled us to keep working and because we realized that especially international students were coming uh, a lot of them were taking loans and things like that you know the affordability is a huge problem in the uk in higher education and they were coming they were buying absolutely like cheap and toxic cooking things from scratch when there was all this already like good quality usable stuff there 
Uh, and so it, it's, it was kind of a solution that just presented itself. Uh, and also, you know, there was this whole thing about Marie Kondo and all of that going on in 2018, uh, you know, on Netflix. And I think a lot of people were just starting to explore minimalism. So I think it was also that that kind of inspired us to start talking to other students about it. And very soon we realized that there's, there's uh, the potential for a circular company here. So that's a really interesting perspective on the potential negative impact of the minimalist approach, uh, which is also called a uh, what effect? Marie Kondo effect, right? Yeah, exactly. Yes. So I'm, I'm actually really curious to hear how Kippel tackled this issue of waste and overconsumption and what sets Kippel apart from other stores that offer the same kind of product. So our biggest thing was that we were renting it and that was a new thing in the UK and also in many parts of Europe. So the way that it usually happens is that um, people come and they can buy secondhand. But the way that we were doing it differently was that we were not selling anything. So uh, the philosophy, the principle that we had at the very foundation of our company was that we didn't just want to tackle the waste problem. We wanted to tackle the consumption problem. We wanted people to think before they consumed something. Because of that, we did a lot of sort of marketing, awareness building. We worked with lots of different student charities, social enterprises. Um, and the thing that really set us apart was two things. One, that we didn't, because we were not buying and selling secondhand goods, we really got to ensure the quality of our products. So we partnered with like-minded social enterprises that were sustainable, ethical, and used really high quality materials that didn't leak toxic stuff into your food or didn't put terrible polyester that was made in, you know, horrible factories into your bedding. Um, we were conscious from the supply chain to the refurbishment and repair. And the second thing was because we owned our product, we were able to ensure that quality for our customers and we were able to offer multiple usages of the same product. So our customers could choose to rent new, but they could also choose to rent used once. They could also choose to rent used twice or used thrice based on their affordability criteria, what they could afford. And I think that's how we did it very differently from other people that we didn't leave the quality of our product into other people's hands and just buy and sell secondhand stuff and also we partnered with a lot of other like-minded businesses to establish a sustainable supply chain. I mean the goal to not just sell the product but the idea is commendable in itself. So could you also tell me a bit about uh, what items were included in the Kippel rental kits? Um, so we included everything from um, basically we did a lot of research, we went into student houses, we went into kitchens and thought about uh, what are the things that you'll need to just get started? There was just a kadhai, there was um, a pan for frying eggs, there was you know a water bottle, there was a chopping board, there was a set of knives, there was plate, there was two plates, you know, in case you wanted to have guests over and like wanted to share a meal with someone. There was like Tupperware, so you could pack over your leftovers and put them in the fridge or take them to university for lunch the next day. There was also what we used to do was we did with international students, especially because you're coming, you have a, had a long trip there uh, and this is sort of your welcome into university. So we used to put a little packet of food uh, and, you know, like um, like a Maggie type of thing and uh, some chai, ka, you know, tea bag or, you know, like a small like chocolate so that, you know, you have something to eat. But a lot of people actually arrive and they don't realize that in the UK, and also we had bedding and, you know, pillow, duvet, um, 
the we we did also do baking kits so people who were interested in baking could you know do a separate kit with baking we also did a batch cooking kit so if you wanted to make big uh, batches of food you could do like we did like big pots and big pans for people who wanted to do that sort of stuff so this is just a you know just an idea of what we sort of did it's pretty much uh, what you need to survive <laughs> for absolutely yeah. that was the idea yeah kipple like it's a very unique name so how did that happen i mean it, the name when i listen to the word it just stays and it kind of stays rent free in my head <laughs> so how did that <laughs> um the name comes from um actually it's a sci-fi concept uh that was popularized in the 70s hmm. and the idea was that um kipple was the name given to rubbish it was like this you know like futuristic scenario where we've generated so much waste as humanity that the waste gets a life of itself and tries to take over the planet okay. and so that was kind of the idea of kipple the kipple effect was that effect it was, it's kind of, it kind of had a negative um connotation but i wanted to reclaim the word you know um it's from a 1968 uh, novel called do androids dream of electric sheep but okay. we actually ended up rebranding and we called ourselves whilst because we realized that we wanted to be more in line with circularity we wanted to be the company that was giving you your products whilst you need them and then you could return them and the idea was that the products would only be with you while you needed them you know mm-hmm. uh and we realized that that word resonated with more people even though i love kipple and i will always love kipple <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's great how kipple challenges the norm of our disposable culture by asking the correct question at the correct time so kipple happened to you because of your aggression and i think for anyone listening this could be a really good takeaway just by asking the right questions and thinking outside the box we can create revolutionary solutions to some of our biggest problems and kipple is a great example of that So speaking of uh, challenges Ismet what are some of the challenges you faced while setting up and running Kipul so many Ankita where to begin um i think one of the key ones was obviously uh you know being international immigrants in the uk it was it's really hard um, not having any social capital i think agar aap india mein ho aur aap business kar rahe ho there are a different set of challenges i think in the uk there's a lot of opportunity uh but I think definitely in India because you know more people, you have more connections, it's much easier to get stuff going. Whereas here I think that was a huge challenge. Um and the way that we overcame that was by really putting throwing ourselves into building a community and that we did by um joining incubators. And I, I can't emphasize to other entrepreneurs starting entrepreneurs the importance of getting into the right cohort or having the right peer support with other businesses especially other environmentally or socially minded businesses um to develop your community learn from each other go out there and find the people who are like minded they will give it to you right they will tell you where you're going wrong but also equally you'll be able to learn from each other's mistakes and then another key challenge was that we were just really challenging the status quo and people are used to doing things a certain way and uh, there was a lot of criticism of our approach a lot of people came to us and said you're trying to rob students because you're selling them more expensive things um you know and they can just go into the near shop and buy like the cheap plastic teflon pan and just uh, you know live with that and so i think the big learning from that was that you have to pick your battles some people will never see the importance of what you're trying to do 
the thing is that the world is the way it is because there are people perpetuating consumption and it is a hard battle to fight with those people because um i think a lot of especially people in power who are making important decisions can't even imagine the solution you're talking about okay. there's a lack of imagination um when you're questioning this linear approach ki aap kuch lo usko use karo aur phir phek do ye hamare सोसाइटी में हमारे ब्रेन्स में बहुत इम्बेडेड है और इंडिया में एक्चुअली यू नो हमारे ट्रेडिशनली काफी हम सर्कुलर हैं हम बहुत हमारे जो ग्रैंड पेरेंट्स हैं वो कितने अच्छे से अपनी रिसोर्स एफिशिएंसी हमें कितना सिखाया है उन्होंने बट डेफिनेटली बहुत सारे लोगों के पास वो इमेजिनेशन ही नहीं है एंड दैट वॉज अज चैलेंज टू कम्युनिकेट द प्रोपोजिशन विच वॉज हार्ड बट अनफॉर्चुनेटली रियलाइज दैट uh because of the current existing framework of uh, circular business in the UK which is it's really hard for circular businesses to raise investment before covid 2018 to 2020 we launched we piloted we were able to raise a uh, grant funding to really you know uh, reach a lot of uh, students across the country so we had customers from london to scotland um and we we were growing really fast and then just before the pandemic hit we were hoping to raise investment and what happened during the pandemic was that most investors decided to focus on their own portfolios uh, and so unfortunately we had to wind down our operations especially because the pandemic totally disrupted our industry nobody was traveling students were not coming to the uk as everybody knows and so we unfortunately had to wind down our operations but we've taken a lot of amazing learnings from the journey and we are now working really hard to support other circular businesses and also get this legislation changed it's never easy to wind down a business especially one that has had such a positive impact but regardless of whether it's currently trading or not it's always inspiring to hear about companies that challenge the norm and create solutions that are really the need of the hour and kipples impact on waste reduction in the home good industry is a testament to that having said that with the importance of circularity in mind why do you think it's becoming increasingly crucial for businesses today to maintain a sustainable approach to their operations and have environment and social values instilled in their vision i mean to be completely honest ankita i don't think there's any other option um <laughs> <laughs> uh, i think if businesses continue the way they continue and consumers continue consuming the way they're consuming you know particularly in the west but you know in india we're just uh, following you know in the footsteps of these uh, countries like the us and i think honestly we don't have you know whatever two and a half planets um so that's one i think that um there's no other option we're running out of time the climate emergency is here it is now in the last year we've seen more climate um events than have ever happened before um i truly believe that people will consume better if we give them the options i don't think the onus is on the consumer i think we just need to do better as businesses we need to provide our customers the options to make those choices because if we don't then we can't blame customers on not making those choices uh you know people have enough to do with their 9 to 5s and the economy in this state and children to feed and you know school to go to like bahut cheeze hai yaar hamare dimag mein like only consumers can't bear the responsibility of making that choice businesses have to step up and provide those options um that's for the climate reason and i think the other thing is that uh so far businesses have made their profits and shareholders have made their profits on the basis of externalities environmental externalities and social externalities which are basically exploitation so we've been able to exploit the environment and we've been able to exploit labor in cheap countries and uh, children and immigrants and poor people 
and being able to make profits off of those margins. And I think that's not only should it end, but also I think it's ending. Uh, you know, more people are rising up and I think businesses, it's high time. They were held accountable by their customers, but also they held them themselves accountable and just change the way that business, you know, is done. I think when you hear the word business, I think in so many people's mind, it just means something negative. Um, but honestly, to me, it's just a tool to do better. This is something which I usually say at the end of the episode. But guys, remember, it's all about joining the loop. And I hope all the businesses that are starting off remember these values and set them in their intentions. So Ismat Kippel is not exactly in the place where it was supposed to be and where it deserves to be. Uh, so looking ahead, what are your plans to continue promoting circularity? Um, so one thing, as I mentioned already, is that I'm a circular economy pioneer, a uh, fellow at the Ellen MacArthur Foundation. which is i think uk's foremost um institution for circular economy and circularity um so i'm working with them to hopefully build this campaign to get this legislation changed so that the uk and europe can support more um circular businesses so that's one the other thing is that i in the process of kepel have realized how difficult it is to raise investment as an entrepreneur who is not from uh, a privileged background or from uh, a background of uh, you know knowing people in the industry or having that social capital and so i have now actually started working in a company called big society capital which is the uk's leading social investor and has the vision to uh, bridge the gap um for social enterprises and charities um and increase the market for social investment so now actually i work with investors to increase the amount of um capital available to uh, social enterprises and charities and hopefully uh, bridge the gap that i faced as a entrepreneur where i was struggling to raise investment hopefully i can change that for future entrepreneurs um and then i'm also mentoring um circular startups i think three at the moment to help them not make the same mistakes that i did so i think those are the things that are in the pipeline now it's the passion i'll keep you going right oh, thank you Now reflecting on your journey with Kippel as an entrepreneur what are some valuable lessons you have learned along the way and if you could share one golden piece of advice with someone looking to start their own sustainable business outside of India what would it be My piece of advice is get out there and just do it that is what we need we need circular economy soldiers to get out there and start doing stuff whatever in whatever small way it doesn't need to be perfect just start honestly it's okay if you fail like I after all these years I'm not ashamed at all to admit that I failed but the things that I got out of the journey and I got out of that that failure have informed my approach and have informed my journey and are now enabling me and empowering me to help so many other people with their circular businesses and in their transition to a circular economy done is always better than perfect <laughs> mic drop <laughs> exactly not dropping the mic right now uh, because we have got like two three more questions left for you ismit okay so um do you think that the business model of kipple is it scalable and adaptable to other countries as well and can it be revamped sometime again soon i think it's absolutely scalable and adaptable and i think the way that that would be done is to really understand the market so for example i don't think that kipple in the way that it was in the uk would would work in india simply because i think india mein itna kharidne aur phekne ka culture nahi hai aur jaise hamare ghar mein jo pressure cooker hum use karte hain mere se bhi zyada boodha hoga bechara um and i think this is the case for a lot of people hai na tawe kadhaiyan matlab ye kitne saalon saal chalti hain 
So I think if it was to be adapted to India, for example, it would be a very different approach. I think the product would have to change. I think it definitely can be done. But I think what would need to happen is a deep study of the local market and do a lot of market research into what are the specific you know, barriers and challenges that your customers face in that environment. I think that's really important. We spent the first year just studying the consumption of our customers, just doing a lot of focus groups, lots of market research, just understanding, you know, because you're creating an experience. And that's really important to know people who are tech entrepreneurs are always thinking in this way. But I feel like us as product entrepreneurs, especially sustainable, like people who are, you know, more in towards a sustainable business, I think we forget we get a little bit carried away with our values sometimes and we forget that this is a business at the end of the day and your customers have to have a positive experience. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you're selling something that's been used before doesn't mean it needs to be bad. You know what I mean? I think the key thing with with scaling and adapting people to other countries would be really studying the available options for your customers in the local market and then also adapting your product to fit their needs. So are there any specific qualities or traits that you believe are essential for someone who is looking to make an impact in the waste management industry today? Uh, yeah, I think skill set. I think the only skill set is really that you have to be willing to get your hands dirty. Um, <laughs> right. And I, I think the most important thing, especially in India, and I've worked a lot in waste management in India. I think especially in India, it's really important to recognize that the people that work in waste in India... Hmm are extremely impoverished and extremely underprivileged and extremely marginalized. We treat our people from lower castes, from immigrant backgrounds, from refugee backgrounds, from, you know, rag pickers. We treat our people the way we treat our waste, literally. The biggest thing for someone looking to make an impact in waste in India is recognizing that the people that you're working with are completely marginalized by the system are extremely discriminated against and they are actually the most skilled so i've worked with women you know waste workers in tamil nadu for example that could identify i think at least 50 different types of plastics just by touch and smell and you know and they were waste workers zero protective equipment of course as you can imagine uh, and completely illiterate and they were the most skilled waste workers i could have imagined i had so much to learn from them So I think my biggest thing would be be humble and recognize that you're going to work with some of the most impoverished communities in India and don't leave them out of your business plan. Your idea should not just revolve around the resource and the economy, the you know circular bit of this and consumption, but also completely revolve around creating dignified livelihoods um, and really working for the people that are working with waste, not just working with waste. Before I let you go, Ismat, could you please let our listeners know if someone has a question for you, where can they reach out? Um, yeah, I mean, look for me on LinkedIn. Uh, that's usually a good place to reach me. My name is Ismat Iman. Uh, you should be able to find me. There aren't too many people with my name, thankfully. Um, but I'm also happy to be reached by email. Um, my email is ismatiman at gmail.com. Relatively easy. Um, and I'm very, very happy to have uh, me reached out to for uh, potential business entrepreneurs. Any ideas you have and you just want to have a call and talk through your idea and see the potential, I'm more than happy to be uh, your sounding board. I'm more than happy to give you a vision um, you know, to work towards or also just be your reality check if that's what you're looking for. So please, please reach out to me. 
thank you so much ismat for sharing your story and the inspiring work you do with kipple and the amazing work you are still doing your dedication to sustainability and the circular economy is truly making a difference remember it's all about joining the loop for a better future for all of us thanks for listening and remember to tune in next time for another fascinating conversation with a new sustainability innovator For more updates on a circular revolution you can follow HT Smartcast and Indian Youth Climate Network on Instagram and LinkedIn. To listen to more such podcasts log on to www.htsmartcast.com aur suno nay nazariye se. This was an HT Smartcast original. HT Smartcast.